Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mad Men Recap. We are coming to you high atop the Peerless Boilers broadcast booth here in beautiful Brooklyn, New York. My name is Paul, and I am joined every week, like we do it, by the best Mad Men broadcast personality on the planet, Dr. John there in Columbus, Ohio. How are you, Dr. John? I'm I'm doing great. That was some amazing alliteration you just hit us with. I do my best when I can. Folks, I don't know if you heard that little bit of beautiful (laughs) giggle in the background, but that's right. It's a special treat. Her third appearance this season, everybody. We have... Kate on the show, how are you? I'm great. How is everybody tonight? Uh, well, I would guess everyone is shocked to hear the sound I'm, of your lovely voice. I've been busy. They've been clamoring, Kate. I've been busy. They've been clamoring for you back. Well, where have you been? If you could well, just give a short... Um, I've, I really, I've been, I've been enrolled myself in some classes. Oh, um, okay. After Pilates at the Hojo. Right. There's, um, it's a class on how to contribute. Oh, have you been, yeah? So, I don't think it's, I don't think it's done much, but we'll see. Well, you know what, so far... So good. We can. You've really been working hard, she, uh, folks. Before the uh, before the show this evening, she was just practicing her vowels, and I think I think you did me, you me, did me, well. Me 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 me, 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 John. Yeah. Are you in your tux tonight? What for the send off? For the, well, this is the season finale, and as always, uh, I am in a full tuxedo, and Kate is in a sexy lady tux. Just imagine what that looks like, ladies and gentlemen. Or don't. Uh, John, now, I hope you haven't let us... And, and folks, as you know, uh, be, be it that we are in the Peerless Boilers broadcast booth here in Brooklyn, and John is in the Peerless Boilers broadcast booth in Cincinnati <laughs> and Columbus. Sorry, they had to set up another one. Um, I can't see him, but I imagine your tuxedo is just glorious. Well, that's a great imagination. Unfortunately, the tuxedo... Uh, well, it didn't make it back from the cleaners. I do have the cummerbund. So, oh, wait, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Do you do you are look you like just, a Chippendales dancer? Are right you now? just are you just sitting naked with a cummerbund on and a bow tie <laughs> and, Fre- and cuffs, and French on, your cuffs on? Well, uh, yes. Now that if, if the if the if the shoe fits, as it were, John. Um, uh, let let's just I. You know what? Here, it's the last. It's the last episode for us, and for, well, not well. It's the last re- recapping episode for us of the season, and um, you know, uh, I think we should address uh, a, a couple of things, if that's all right, Doctor Bananas. Um, I think I'd like to talk about just briefly here at the top of the show um, that a lot of people were disappointed. Your thoughts. Disappointed with this show? Disappointed. Or the well, when, I don't think it's necessarily with the season, but with this uh, season finale, as it were, uh, I yep. think a lot of people were a little unhappy that it wasn't a little bit more, um, I don't know, bombastic. I disagree, especially from some of our listeners who wrote in on both sides that this was uh, this was a great ending to the season, as well as some that, like you said, were disappointed. <laughs> I have to say, I enjoyed it. I don't think you could really expect any further fireworks compared to what we've gotten in the past two episodes. What with the loss of Peggy, who's been with us from the beginning, and the uh, the really shocking death of Lane, who's been around for several seasons. So as far as uh, you know, fireworks, big time to do, not a surprise that we didn't see anything dramatic. But I thought it was excellent. It was, um, if anything, I think the uh, the last music is playing and you're just salivating for... The next episode. I'm gonna have to agree with you there. The, uh, 
I got it. Don't worry. I'll get there. I'm going to have to agree with you there, John. I, uh, I, 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 I think that, yeah, exactly. They've, they, they did some big bomb-dropping episodes in, in, uh, in, in the prior two, and I really felt as if this episode um, was just kind of a setup episode for next season. Well, no, I think it did quite a bit as well. Yeah. But well, right, uh, certainly. But uh, but but I, I felt as if its main purpose was was kind of a setup, as it were. Any thoughts on that, Kate? Well, I've been pulling the people. Oh, you've been pulling people. Yeah. On, you've been our you've been our lady on the street. Yeah, you know. Okay. That sounded. Bad. Oh, you're right. That doesn't, <laughs> doesn't sound so good. Lady in an office setting, perhaps. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No, I think I think everyone's kind of come to the same conclusion. Like there wasn't a whole lot that happened, and we kind of wish that maybe there was just like one or two like other little things to kind of like you know surprise us. Yeah, to just kind of lure you in for next season. Like I mean, of course I'll watch because I love the show, but I, I I needed a shocker or two. Like a true a true finale needs to have you know something. To be fair, there's been a uh, there's been a, a it's 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 been a bit of a shocker of a season. Um, there was a uh, there was a striped pants hand job, um, if we had mentioned that. <laughs> there, there was w- almost a second one. There was a French Canadian low job, as it were. Um, there was uh, 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 well, there was wo- there, womanly first. There was period blood. Uh, I, it's been a, it's been a lot of uh, it's been a lot of uh, shockers. Shock uh, I I gotta say I uh, I enjoyed the uh, the respite, <laughs> as it were, John. So what about what about this episode? Well, you're right, John. I'm, I'm sorry to delay. I'm just I'm willing to take my time tonight because I know the listeners will miss my beautiful Adam Carolla voice. <laughs> I did learn three things, though, if that's what you're getting at, and I would like to dispatch them as of now. Are you, what do we got? Are you ready? Here we go. Are you prepared? I'm ready. Okay, loosen the cummerbund. Here we go. Number one. <laughs> I think you I'm read sorry. that wrong. I right? read that wrong. Toothed. <laughs> anyway, hot toothed. Hot toothed. Don't always go away by themselves, John. No, you need you need some extra work right. for that. Indeed. Uh, number two. The freshest of fresh lifesavers can be found in the lobby. <laughs> and John, they do go bad. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I went out to a, a bodega today, and uh, they do have. A, uh, a, 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 a spoiling date. The can, millennium? Yeah, if they have a freshness the, uh, date on infinity? Lifesavers. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 they will not float forever. Number three. If somehow, some way, you're crushing on Pete Campbell, electric shop therapy is the only way out, John. <laughs> Am I right? That's right. It is That's right. It's the only way to forget the... The, uh, the horrible... Horrible. The horrible sense of just rubbing up just against poor a poor decisions. Just a lifeless <laughs> fish of a man. Oh man. He is. Uh, he is it's like what's that thing in um, a fish Men of in a Black? Man. That little gun that they point at you and kind of. Oh, the little. Oh, the noisy cricket. Oh, is that what that is? Oh no no the the one that the little, the little light, light gun. the little that, like, light that goes on your, yeah erases your memory kind of stops time apparently yeah. yeah yeah I believe in this in this in it, just to get completely off topic in Men in Black three they do travel back through time John I don't know if they were able to erase Beth's memory but, but that would be a good cross promotion wow <laughs> a crossover episode <laughs> if you will I do think I saw uh, William Smith in the background. <laughs> 
of one of, <laughs> one of the shots. John, can you just start? Can, can you just? Can, why don't you jump us into this episode, please? Thank you. I, well, I, do, I do want to thank friend of the show Anne for helping out with those three things. Mm. For well episode. done. I put my own spin on them. And I'm pretty sure I made them worse. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see the better ones, check them out on Facebook. <laughs> we, uh, no, we, we, we jump into the show as we get into most shows with booze. We see Don in the bathroom of all places with his Canadian club. Mm-hmm. But he's not throwing them back. No, no. He is embedding his cotton balls with the Canadian club and helping out a sore tooth. Don's got a, a bad tooth. Embedding his cotton balls, John? Yeah. Somehow I've... I've... <laughs> Okay. Dr. John, I know know you're not a dentist doctor. Right. But would the alcohol somehow kill whatever... Deaden the pain, is it? Is it it maybe... Yeah, no, the alcohol can be uh, antibacterial as far as killing off cells. Hmm. And it can help with the pain uh, by making you drunk. Oh, it it isn't an anti-inflammatory. Not that I'm aware. Because Hmm. I've been trying to use it for that for years. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we 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 get shocked into seeing that uh, Megan's mom is uh, in in this episode. She's uh, she's back for a visit. Always lovely to hear her and her over French accent. Uh, her over French. Oh, over. I was gonna. There's been some complaint on on the show about how stupid I am, uh, but I was gonna say over Frenchualized accent, and I uh, decided to recall that in my brain. Uh, because that makes no sense. Well, Julia Ormond, the actress, she's British, no? She's not French. You got us there, pal. To me, if anyone knows. Like, Megan has the more true, genuine French, you know, when she speaks. Uh-huh. The, Whereas, uh, French, I keep yeah. wanting to call her the Chocolat lady. lady oh. She's not the Chocolat <laughs> She's not? That's not the same lady? No. She, oh, it's convincing. That's the same to Paul. It's convincing. <laughs> Uh, folks, uh, but, we, we, we see, uh, they're, they're out at breakfast. Um, uh, the Chocolat lady is, <laughs> is, is making a little breakfast. She, uh, she mentions, mentions to Megan, um, that, uh, her husband has not left yet. Megan gets the mail and we see that she gets a reel. She has had a, a test reel done, John. Screen test. Screen test. And, uh, and now, would you have to assume that she's done this because there's just been a blanket failure in theater? You know what I mean? Like that—that kind of seemed where she wanted to go. Mm-hmm. We had her taking Don out to the theater uh-huh. for that uh, kind of that weird show, uh-huh. and we had her going to the acting lessons. And I mean, do you think that was kind of the goal? And, and she's already failed that, or she's just looking to act in general? I think she's just looking to act in general. Um, looking for anything. I mean, it's just glorified prostitution at this point. Am I right? Acting? Yeah. I'm sorry. I just bring that back because so many people agreed with me last time I said it. Uh, but anyway, uh, she's, she's already received it back, and um, they were supposed to send it out to folks. And it, 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 it appears to be a huge disappointment for her, John. Uh, more of a scam. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, now we find uh, her mom here. It, it makes a little slip of the tongue and kind of blames it on her Frenchness uh, by saying that it is uh, it is a sin to take advantage of the hopeless. And Megan goes the hopeless, and she goes, "Oh no, no!" and says it in French um, to try to cover her tracks. Um, 
but uh, I think I think we get a we get kind of a uh, a real look at uh, how kind of biting uh, the French can be. Listen, her mom is real. Yeah, no, I like her. She's not gonna pussyfoot around it. Okay, good choice of words, John. Yes. <laughs> Do you want to take it from here? Yeah. No, we got it. Uh, so I mean, Don comes out. We find out he can't even take in a soft egg because of the tooth. So this, this is a big deal. He heads out, and again, we get the dynamic that you mentioned as far as mom saying, you know, like, don't, don't, don't lie to him. Don't keep things from him. Mm. And, uh, and, and then the hopeless thing. And we get back on the train now. We're commuting in from Coscob. And who should we run into? Oh, God. Not just Pete. Rory. No. Not just, <laughs> not just Howard, but Beth. Oh man, uh, Pete's crush. First of all, uh, can I just say something? Please. Beth looks to be about thirty years younger than this dude. Like I feel like she should have been better, better paired with a husband. You know what I mean? Or they could have found somebody to more like truly. Listen, not... we do not know their backstory. Yeah, uh, it's just weird. He could have been. He could have been hanging out at high schools. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Creepy. Rory. Well, and speaking of creepy, you know, she's uncomfortable instantly, as is anybody that comes within about 12 feet of Pete Campbell, <laughs> mm-hmm. and says, I'm, I'm headed to the smoking car, which, I, which actually blew my mind. I, I just assumed you could smoke everywhere at this time, so maybe this is a sign that we're getting a little handle on the smoking. No, God, no. Um, because because um, he says, uh, are you sure it's, it's going to be standing room only? Right, because yeah. that's, you know, everybody's smoking. Sure. Sure. So uh, so she had they, they head out and Pete does like the creepy hand oh grab of the scarf. Oh my god! As the luggage passes by, oh now now it was apparently they were taking her to stay with her sister, which seemed kind of weird. Like what? Let me why, why would you let me why? let me bring yeah. up a little something here, John. Yep. Now uh, his relationship with Beth has been almost completely, utterly, painfully clear to just be like a a little uh, a little. A little uh, one night stand, a little yes, a tryst. Yes, a, yes, a fling, if you if you will. Okay, and okay. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't, I don't quite understand why Pete has taken it so, um, so to heart. Because, and it's not just the fact that he's had uh, sex with a woman who's not his wife. We've seen him at a uh, at, at, at a whorehouse. Right, um, and he seemed to be able to let that one go. So why has Beth been such a? And, and I mean, she is nothing but like dismissive to him. Um, right, all of the but time. But here's the thing. Thank you, please. All right, so we'll put this in a little perspective. Thank you. You, you go to the whorehouse. Yeah. You, you pay for what you get. Okay. You pick something off the menu. Sure. All right. There, there's no thrill in that. I mean, I, I guess there is some. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in business. But you know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no chase. It's like you got your order of fries. There's nothing there, um, except for Wait. the sex. Okay. But here, can you compare you know, that to this, fries? Whatever. Here, this is this is as close as Pete has come to realizing, you know, the 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 Don Draper image in his head. You know, right. the the conquest, the uh, somebody finding him um, desirable, if not just for a moment. And he's hanging on to that because that lets him. That lets him escape mentally from his real life, which he is just miserable in. You know, right? Like this is this is his this is his kind of 
conquest, although it's with, you know, a clearly unstable, unhappy woman. It's as, as close it's as, as he if, gets to it. It's, it's as if she has said to him, uh, there's a one in a million chance, and he has replied Pat. He has replied back, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> you're telling me there's a chance. That's right. Yeah, but, I mean, because I can't, I mean, it's not like it's littered with it, but you go back and, you know, go you go back to the L.A. Uh, convention, and he's trying to talk to girls there. No one will talk to him. You know, he, he goes to take the chip and dip back to the store. Uh-huh. He can't, you know, he can't make any headway with the return lady. Uh-huh. And, and yet his buddy from college uh-huh. is suave and debonair right in front of him. So it's, um, you know, th- this is kind of his only experience with that kind of... Well, except for the fact that he landed Trudy, who is altogether lovely, John. And we have no idea how that happened. No, I'm pretty sure it was a dare. It was a bet that she lost, clearly. Um... But after that creepy handkerchief, uh, I would call molesting, um, we find ourselves in the elevator, John. Yes, and I, I look at this as the obligatory Harry Crane line. Yeah, right. Like, like does, 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 does does Matt Weiner own him money or something? <laughs> like, I don't understand. He gets yeah, he kind just... of pops into each episode to just be a douche. Right, and then it's over. Do you think that Crane is going to make partner sometime? I know no, I don't want to no. get into predictions never, too no, much, never, but never. I mean he's head of media. No, he's been there since the beginning. No. All right. Anyways, our little our little back and forth here is you know apparently there's a rumor the second the the floor above uh, Sterling Cooper is available because the parachute company left. So the uh, Crane is like, hey, are we getting space? I want an office. She's like, we offered you an office. And honestly, who's going to take that office? Right. Nobody. Well, yeah, it was uh, Lane's office. But nobody really knows what happened in that office, right? Oh, no, everybody Imagine. knows. Well, he yeah, actually everybody. saw. Crane, oh, actually, was he, he, was, he saw. You remember, he jumped up on the couch and looked through the window. Oh, and if right. you think that guy doesn't tell everybody else in the office exactly, exactly what he saw, you are mistaken. That's true. So, uh, Joan, so it looks like they're expanding. Joan avoids going upstairs, and, uh, and they, just, they just head into the office, and she tells him nothing. Um, and then Don gets off the elevator, and uh, as he's walking uh, into the office, he thinks he sees his uh, deceased brother. Or is it a phantom? Or. Oh. Or is it? <laughs> um, the brother, or said brother, uh, gives him a bit of a, just an empty look. And the elevator doors close. Now, for a backstory for any of those that may not have been following from the beginning, this is Don's half brother, so he is the son of Don's father. Different mothers. He came and saw Don in season one to try and establish a connection. Mm-hmm. There is no other family, mm-hmm. and Don gave him the proverbial cold shoulder, mm-hmm. and that drives Adam to hang himself, which uh, seems to be a theme. Yeah. Uh, we then find our way into the uh, presentation uh, boardroom uh, where Ginsburg is uh, trying to sell Topaz on a new uh, campaign uh, that talks about Topaz always being less expensive, but never cheap, John. Now, to be, to be completely fair, that's terrible, right? Well, I mean, I kind of like it. I got to be honest yeah, with you. I don't, but, but I can understand just having the word cheap in your ad. No, but I, I, yeah, no, and I understand that argument, but at the same time, it works so well with like, you know, like, like Don says, like, it's kind of funny and it works so well with a girl. It's like, it's also saying, you know, 
The girl is never cheap. I don't know. I think it. I think it kind of works. All right. I, I was unimpressed. Oh, I like that. And 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 more importantly, I guess the client was unimpressed. Oh and yeah. Instead of instead of kind of working with them, Ginsburg is just utterly annoyed. Yeah. You can't do that to clients, can you? He's fiery. Well, I mean, it's funny because he kind of does it. He does it like Don does it. You know, like when the client says they don't like it, he tells them they do. I mean, he's done this before. Yeah. When? Didn't he do this before? Ginsburg? Yeah. Oh. Has he kind of gotten sort of like... Nasty? I feel like he, he does get a little fired up. No? But, uh, and, and one thing that they point out in this meeting is that, you know, okay. where's the female perspective? Right. That's now true. That, now that Peggy has... Pegasus has on. flown away, John. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I think one thing we can't ignore, uh, you know, we talk about uh, uh, Ginsburg's complete uh, lack of uh, style or matching, or just uh, clothes that he hasn't found on the street. Uh, apparently, he was eating a pulled pork sandwich before the meeting, <laughs> and he has weird grease stains all <laughs> over the front of his shirt, John. Uh, Again, this I think this is shirt number one of two. Yeah, this it's is, always this one or the pink one. I mean, this is like, this outfit is just a whole nother level of... I don't even, I don't even know. Like, the, What is the, that jacket? The jacket what, looks to is that be velvet? of a... Corduroy persuasion. <laughs> I would say a very tight corduroy persuasion. I uh, would agree. Fine whale corduroy yep. persuasion. The the tie he's wearing looks like it has pink stars on it, which is reminiscent of the leotard I had in ballet. When <laughs> you I was took five. ballet? No, oh, for like a week. Well, you know, we can't all be ballerinas. We can We cannot. Uh, that is the that is the truth. <laughs> that is the truth. But there's a lot of friction here in this dynamic between Ginsburg. Uh, Stan even seems frustrated. There is, and I and I'd like to, John. I'm sorry, I know you're trying to charge through this, but I, I'd, I'd I'd like because we did we did give Ginsburg a hard time. <laughs> I would like to point out that Stan's jacket uh, is equally just horrendously ugly. Well, it looks like it's eaten his body. It does, and that he tore it off a couch, well. and uh, and put it on. <laughs> and Stan, we all know, is a fan of the stretchy pants, mm-hmm. and he's. Still wearing them. Hey, if you got them, flaunt them. High rise, stretchy. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. Show them what you're Stay working the with. Belt slacks. Okay. To go ahead, John. But as as they as we look to expand, I mean, is this a concern that you know this whole agency was built on creative, and it seems like this is where we're struggling now between this uh, this kind of friction, uh, Peggy, the top copywriter, being gone, Megan, a talented copywriter, being gone. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, no, see, I, I don't get that feeling at all. I feel like th- this is not bad creative. It's just uh, a, uh, it's a uh, client that's uh, un- unhappy that, you know, Peggy, who sold them, uh, is, isn't there anymore. Because if you remember, this is one of the few times that Don didn't bring in the account. Peggy did. So whereas most of the time when K- uh, uh, Cosgrove knocks on the glass and brings Don in, everybody's happy. Um, in, in, in this case, uh, you know, they needed to bring Peggy in to, to smooth it over. So, um, And what's interesting is this actually happened in the season finale of last year. That, that, that happened. Topaz. Right. Right. Exactly. So, uh, so no, I don't, I, I don't think this is a creative problem. Because, I, you know, like, like we saw, uh, Don is back on watch. But they do have a lot of clients now. And, you know, he's got to entrust uh, some of this stuff to his staff. So, you know, those things happen. All right. But I, but I agree, uh, Ginsburg could uh, 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 pull it down a notch. 
because uh, he gets a he gets a little fired up. I, if I if if I'm not mistaken, he kicked a chair. <laughs> a sure sign of frustration. We then are in uh, Pete's office, John. Which here's the thing: for a moment, I thought. I was watching an episode of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He looks so <laughs> small. He looks so small in that chair and behind that desk. It is terrifying. He's but like it he seems like a, a tiny cannon on a, desk to make him feel. Or a boost, bigger. maybe a booster seat would help. Some phone books. I don't know. John. <laughs> but it, and and it, uh, it seems like this episode in particularly, we we tried to maximize the uh, the receding hairline mm. to the utmost. Oof. Yeah. It looks painful. Shot. It looks painful. As you know, I look like Paul Giamatti, so I'm well versed in receding hairlines. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, but mine just, don't hurt. You're just more bald. Yeah. I mean, this you you could you could you could cut your finger on that. You point. could cut a single sheet of paper, John, straight through. But to be fair, if you were Pete's hair, would you want to be there? I would be running away but from no. his head too. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets a phone call uh, from his sister-in-law. Not really. This is from Beth. Now, John, a listener wrote in and, and, and made some allusion to the, the name of his sister-in-law being interesting. Interesting how? I don't know. I can't remember. But, they, uh, but the, the name of her sister-in-law was Judy? Yeah. And she was making some point about... Did you not read this email? I haven't seen that email, no. Oh. Anyway, listeners, uh, think about that. <laughs> Why is that? What was the, I mean, he has a sister-in-law named Judy. We know his older brother and his wife. Right, but she's like, isn't it? Isn't it funny that his older brother's wife is named Judy? Why is this I, a Trudy Judy kind of a thing? Trudy, or what? Ju- maybe that was it. Yeah, Trudy Judy rhyme. I don't know, John. Don't I'm know. sorry. I threw you off track, and I apologize. Please move. No, on. no. She she gives him a call. Says, "Hey, come meet me at the hotel, just like before." Oh man! Although I didn't show up. And, uh, and, of course, this is where the Lifesavers comes in. He sends his secretary away so she doesn't hop in on the conversation down to the lobby to get those. Oh, right. Okay, John, there's nothing yep. worse than stale Lifesavers. Take it from a guy that knows. Wow. You know? So she, she, they want to meet at the Hotel Pennsylvania, which is just across from the garden. So at, now, if any of you who live in New York have ever visited the Hotel Pennsylvania... Maybe in its grander days, in the 60s, it wasn't such a pile of crap. <laughs> but now, it's literally where bedbugs are born. Oh, really? Yeah. That's where it started, the Hotel Pennsylvania. Well, I don't know. No, but I think that's I've a fair assessment. Many, many a trade show. Oh. Many, uh, yeah, it's frightening. Oh, really? Yeah. You know why? Pete Campbell had sex there. Well, it only takes one. <laughs> that, that spawned bedbugs. That's true. So now, <laughs> I, I was looking at I was looking at the maps. Pete's at fiftieth and sixth, and this is thirty second and seventh. So would this be? I mean, this would be a short cab ride, right? This would not be too hard to get no, down from his office. No, yeah, I think I think I think I think he could make it. Yeah. Yeah. Although and, uh, although he does hightail it out of the meeting, you'd hate to uh, miss an appointment like that, John. That's right. Who knows when that'll come around again? Never. <laughs> but we get, and so this is this is what they do so well. We go from you know just kind of a, a, a cold pile of crap that is Pete to a real exciting moment. We get to see Peggy back on screen. Oh yeah. And and in her position of power, she is now uh, pretty much done at this office. She is creative. She's got her she, own office. 
her own office with a window and john yep. she's still bringing that damn thermos to work i don't, <laughs> she, I don't know if you noticed that what's wrong with that thermos? she took that that was like one of the two things she takes from the office buy yourself a sandwich lady you're making the money now <laughs> and okay. she yeah, and she's running a meeting she's got two people below her they're uh-huh. talking about the ajax cleaning powder from that time that they, they have a client she started then, wearing eyeshadow. I don't know if any of you noticed. She's been experimenting a no, little with her makeup choices. That's true. She's easy breezy. <laughs> Beautiful cover girl. <laughs> and so uh, Chaw comes in and tosses her some cigarettes, and they're trying to get this. A Philip Morgan cigarette that's just for women. Peggy mm-hmm. doesn't smoke that much. And uh, he's like, look, you're, you're a woman. You smoke. <laughs> what do you want? Hey, look, you're a woman. Uh, are, they, are, are, are we settling it on... On it being Virginia Slims? I think so. Or, That's or what a lot of people are saying. We were talking about Capri. Capri or Capri. But Capri, we think it's gonna... Capri. But yeah. now I'm pretty sure it's Virginia Capri. Slims. Uh, and what I thought was cool about Virginia Slims is that, in, in reality, they were actually uh, released in 1968. So the following year from what we're seeing, and okay. they're just getting it started. And uh, what's, I think, really cool is that the tagline for Virginia Slims is, You've come a long way, baby. Which, mm. Oh my God! Wow, that is amazing. I, I, that is. Oh man, that is too good. Can we stop the show for a minute while I fan myself? <laughs> well done, John. I uh, will see how true it is because in in real life it actually goes to Leo Burnett is the one that came up with that. Ah, uh, and that's been mentioned before, I think. Balls. Is, is Leo Burnett, the agency. Hmm. As opposed oh yeah, to, yeah, yeah. No, they're they're uh, Cutler, Gleason, and Shaw. Yeah, Chaw. here's the thing, Chaw, who I don't like, Did but is grown on me. Did we decide that he's not the alcoholic brother from Blossom? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think did we, I don't think we put much thought into that, no. Kate. Oh, did you also see Peggy's got her name on the door? I did see she that does. on the door. I also saw, and John, I wondered this about you. I've never worn a, a sport coat or a, a jacket with a turtleneck. Have you tried this? I, I sure did. Oh, you did. Yeah, like, that was part of the high school dress code. Was it a dicky, or was it a, or was it a full-on turtleneck? Because it just seems awfully warm, John. It is, and you know, I mean, we're in March. Uh-huh. It's cooler outside. Yeah. Hey, I might recommend instead of just wearing a cummerbund, you give this a try next finale. How about that? Well, I, you know, I don't have the windows open. I have it a comfortable temperature for what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> okay moving on we are in the uh the partners meeting john and we are uh we're discussing some things yeah it's been a good year it's been a great quarter best quarter ever as far as you know, everything's coming in mohawks back online jaguars coming down the pipe um you know they have a, a very uh could it be a more noticeable empty chair mm-hmm between Don and Pete. There might as well be a cardboard cutout of Lane there. <laughs> it really felt Honestly, like that. Honestly, it's like, ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> like, like anybody forgot from last episode uh... that he killed himself. Anyway. You know, and it, and it uh, I guess in Showtime, it's probably been over a month now yeah. that this has happened. Yeah. But um, they, uh, you know, so we're talking about the, the finances and everything's looking good. We're talking about expanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody's for that. But, you know, Joan's a little worried, saying, hey, can we, you know, let's just, yeah. let's just pump the brakes. Yep. Let's, and, let's uh, give our cash a little time to pile up right. before we go spending it. Am I right? Right. Here's the thing, and, John. Uh, Nobody yeah. at that meeting wants to be there. 
If you no. notice, well, everybody just I wants mean, to go do something else. Uh, well, we know we know Don's not feeling great, and we know Pete has has an appointment. In, yeah, yeah, this is true. Um, uh, I mean, you know, come on, Bert's not going anywhere. No, Bert just wants to know if he can finally get an office where people don't shit. <laughs> but I, I love how Pete gets frustrated, stands up, says, "Don, you're my proxy. I got stuff to do," and leaves. <laughs> and the first response is Don saying, "Can you do that? We we can do that." Like, I would have done this in a lot of other meetings. John, we were doing the Twitter uh, during yeah. during this episode, and there were a lot of comments on uh, Joan's eyewear, and I wanted to get your input. Okay. And by yours, I mean Kate's. All right. <laughs> your thoughts. I love them. Yeah? I love the sexy, sexy cat eye. So, uh, now, uh, I'm less a fan of that chain. That's true. That's kind of an old lady chain. But, I mean, she's... She's kind of, uh, she's channeling Blankenship a little there. Uh-oh. She's pulling him off. But, um, you know, she's she's a business lady. She she's, is. What's the tagline again for Virginia Slims? Uh, the ring You've I'm rocking, I bought it. <laughs> I'm what a was that, John? Uh, it's You've Come a Long Way, Baby. See? Oh, I forgot. I, mean, I thought it was something about I'm a Survivor. Doesn't just apply to Peggy. Okay, okay. Uh, she does look a little bit, um... Uh, like a certain pop star from the 90s. Um, that I'll let the listeners figure out what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, next thing we know, we are um, at uh, a Hotel Pennsylvania uh, where uh, Hope goes to kill itself. And uh, who is drunk on the bed but our good friend Beth? Um, when she does hear a knock at the door, it's all she can do uh, to get that glass on the nightstand uh, without breaking it and cutting herself. Uh, of course, I thought to myself when I saw this, how drunk would I have to be to, to sleep with Pete Campbell? Uh, on a scale from 1 to comatose, I turned it up to 11. <laughs> okay, no laughs. Uh, so she answers, she answers the door, and uh, Pete comes uh, walking through. And uh, he, tries to, he tries to be a bit coy, John. Yeah, a little cold, a little distant, like, man, you made me wait. Yeah. Yeah. So there, uh, she tells him uh, that she uh, was uh, going to the hospital um, because she is, I believe, as she put it, crazy pants. And well, I like, I like that as soon as he walked in, she goes, I knew you'd come. And he says, why? Because I'm pathetic? Yeah. Like, I think everybody watching the show just said yes yeah. Yeah. at that Much. one moment. Yes, you are. You're epically pathetic. Didn't he fantasize about her showing up at his office wearing only a fur coat? Yeah. Yes, he did. I mean, Fantasy, way better than reality. Yeah. As it always is, Joe. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 uh, so she tells you, him that... I'm sorry, you're talking, yes, the hospital. Excuse me? Yes, you were saying the hospital. Right. Uh, so we're talking about, uh, she's telling him that uh, she's crazy and that she's going to receive electroshock therapy, uh, which she has, by the way, received before. I don't know if that's a repeat offense. Um... But it, it tends to make things a bit gray and cloudy after the fact. And she wanted to meet with Pete one more time so that, um, that, so that you know, she could have one more experience before she forgot him altogether forever, John. John, can you enlighten us at all um, on electroshock therapy and what it does? Like, what is it? What does it do to your brain? Absolutely. As soon as I saw this episode, I went to one of my... Uh, most trusted medical texts 
Wikipedia, mm-hmm. <laughs> and found out that uh, electroshock therapy was first indru- induced by an Italian in 1938. Makes sense. But gained widespread use as a form of treatment in the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Uh, although by this time, at least again according to this uh, most valid of sources, uh, was really being kind of turned down. The antidepressive medications were coming into more use. Okay. The whole concept, though, everything—you know—anybody that gets this in their mind was, you know, how 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 barbaric, how terrible. You know, there's no good way to think of this uh, shock therapy. Um, and so, you know, it, maybe it wasn't a top mechanism. It's still used today for a lot of different uh, conditions, but not not depression as much. Oh, I've got uh, you. Which is what they were using it for here in, in her time. And her, um, her complaints as far as, you know, effect on memory, um, big deal, a, a real big thing. Yeah. A real thing. She did say it, though. As, she did say that it worked. Right. Yeah. Right, which which has been uh, hotly debated in the past, as far as you know, how effective is it? Wait, mm-hmm. do they just like hook electrodes up to the side of your head? Is it? They do. Is it hurt? They, uh, it does not hurt. Well, it doesn't hurt because you're inducing a seizure. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, you mean just a seizure? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's great. Um, <laughs> Pete calls her crazy. And uh, kind of plays as if he might leave, and then they end up uh, making out, John. And I think you can use your imagination from there, but I advise you not to. We then you. we are then back at the Draper apartment where uh, Megan and her um, maybe European nondescript accented friend weird are um, talking about uh, uh, well they're kind of looking for jobs and talking about uh, their friend who uh, apparently was in Dark Shadows. Yes, we know Julia, the redhead. Yeah, Julia, the redhead, who got fired after two episodes, John. She is horrible. But she wouldn't... This, and, and this is our friend, this is Emily, with the, the vertical stripes. Right. Uh, as we know, though, uh, the redhead would make a great jaguar cat, just in case you forgot. Um, one thing we learn right away, the uh, phone starts ringing, and um, her friend says, Well, no wonder you don't work. Uh, you never answer the phone, John. Someone has been calling, breathing heavily on the other line, and then hanging up. Uh, all day long. All day long now. If I had to guess, and I did, uh, I said it was Creepy Glenn, as did, as did you, John. As did everybody. But yep. we were thwarted, as we find out later in the episode. Now, the main part of this scene is uh, her blonde uh, European friend, asks about a job she could possibly be up for um, that uh, Sterling Jupiter, Sterling Dr- that Don's place of work, <laughs> God, jeez, <laughs> is, uh, is going to be, uh, is gonna be uh, working on. And uh, she brings up to Megan that she would do anything she could to help Megan. But in this case, she'd like Megan to help her. And she doesn't want to ask Megan who she has to sleep with to get the job, John, because that... Would be done. So she and Megan gives her the the okay. Well, sure, she says she she, she, she kind of fights it a little bit. She says, "Yeah, it's not how it works." But I'll see what I can do. And um, and that's a little rough because uh, yeah. she does. Uh, you know, she needs a job just as bad. And it's just it's fascinating because again, if you look back one season, one year to the finale of the last uh, season four. 
she comes in from her night on the town with her little actress friend. And this is from one of our listeners. And, uh, you know, says how there was some negative comments about her teeth and she could never be an actress like she'd even want to. You know, at that time, she was completely poo-pooing the whole actress thing, not even a real thing in our minds. Mm -hmm. And here, not only is she dying for a job, but we'll see in just a moment she's willing to, you know, kind of uh, go behind her friend oh, uh, yeah. to try and get it. Cutthroat, John. It's mm -hmm. that kind of industry, okay? That's right. Now, the other thing that happens in this scene is that Megan's mom uh, comes out of her room a bit disheveled. And uh, her little uh, European actress friend there gets to meet her and comments on how encouraging her mother is. Now, I don't know if it's just maybe uh, this woman's from a different culture or whatnot, but I didn't find Megan's mom to be too encouraging uh, at, at all. Oh, well, she said good luck. Oh, I guess that's all it takes okay, sometimes. Do we know what European country this girl hails from? Because it was a blend of Wisconsin, yeah. and French, uh huh, and German. Um, a little bit of German. And she was a little Finnish in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I missed that part. A little, little bit of Boston. Yeah. Yep. She had the Boston Very accent. Yo, oh, my God. It was an amalgamation of accents, uh, Kate. But as you know, New York is a melting pot. So maybe when she got here, she huh. got a bit confused. <laughs> it's going to happen. Can we get to the next scene, John? Oh, absolutely. Now we're back. Uh, well, I'd rather not if we could avoid oh, it. Oh, my we can't. God. Oh. So fleshy. Yeah. He's such uh. a... F we're, 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 yes, we're, we're back at the, uh, at the Pennsylvania. And uh, Pete is naked in bed with Beth. And uh, they're having a, a bit of, uh, a bit of uh, after, after, after tumble talk, as, uh, as it were. You want to reel this in for me, John? Absolutely. I just I, just looking at him, it's hysterical how in just a moment we'll hear how he does so much better when he gets some sun. Yes. He is uh, <laughs> so pasty. He's a pasty man. But so she she recognizes that, you know, look, she made up this story that she was at a birthday party, that she has to get back to the hospital, that Howard's coming by to visit after his work. Um, you know, Pete's, Pete is... This is where the whole fantasy part, like this is, uh, she's still seeing this as just a tryst. You know, this is just a, uh -huh. a very short-term uh, excitement for her. He's trying to make this something crazy in his head. And he, um, you know, he says, Howard's a monster. Let's go to L.A. What? Like, what? You know, this was, uh, this was flashes of Don and Exactly. The yeah, Don said that's uh, the, the Mank, right? Right. Right. Where, you know, this is, and I think somebody... Maybe it was Kate that was commenting he's like a five-year-old. You know, I mean, he just, he has no, he can't think outside of the immediate moment, especially when it comes to something like this. Sure. And, uh, you know, she she makes an allusion to, you know, where she is right now and how dark it is. And, you know, maybe even talks about possible suicide, you know, going through the other side of the door. Yeah. And Pete with Lane in his mind just says, fairly coldly, that's for weak people. Um, referring to Lane, and and he says, you know, what what if you forget you love me? And she just kind of chuckles, like, yeah. what? Yeah, are you kidding? We don't even know each other. Exactly. She often said, I believe every time they've met, she's told him that he doesn't know her and she doesn't know him. Right, and and she even says, I should go because this works. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, it's always clear that this is as much as it's gonna be. Right. And again, Pete with a, 
very much the infantile childish response is just five more minutes you know and five more minutes mom yeah exactly he's a he's an idiot the first time every time and for always john it is you know he's he's just sad i mean the whole he's just sad oh one of my favorite lines is uh she says uh you know we're both in the same boat and uh and pete says something like uh yeah you're right we're miserable when we're not together and then she's like oh i guess i was wrong (laughs) right i mean it's just so clearly that you know yeah she i mean do we have any insight to why she even invited him to the pennsylvania like why did she change her mind and decide to meet like why why do this right i mean as we as we found out she's crazy pants but, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It seems I think this. I think the whole thing is just a little bit, maybe over the top to to continue to just hit us, the viewer, in the face with just his, with with his life, his sad, sad existence at this point. But you know, one thing I I, I feel like uh, I feel like I've noticed is that, you know, his home life really isn't bad. I mean, yeah. I mean, Trudy, you know. Okay, so she's not all dressed up when he gets home. Oh, okay, um, but she's nowhere near like a um, a January Jones. I'm sorry, a, 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 a Betty. Uh, she, she's uh, you know she's taking care of the kid. She's doing her best. She's still a positive force in the house, and she doesn't you know she doesn't do anything negative. Am I right? But that I think that's the whole that's the idea is that he has this craving for excitement and he doesn't have it. You know, he doesn't get his city, he doesn't get his noises, he doesn't get the attractive women, which is what the whole Rory thing is. But, yeah, but uh, I feel like it's it's just it's another it's it's another uh way of him being pathetic because he's not really having a hard time. It's just he's he's just not getting everything he wants all the time. Right. Yeah. I don't like know. a kid. Yeah. Like a spoiled, spoiled child. Um, we then head back to the Draper household where Don gets home from work. And I didn't see this coming. I don't know if you did, John. But uh, Megan just drops the bomb that she wants to be in the shoe ad. Right. And Don says... Not, not, not her friend. Oh, no, no. Who had just asked. Oh, no, no. She, uh, she's a little backstabbing here. Uh, she gets out in front of this one. And uh, I tell you what, Don is not uh, is none too uh, positive about it, which I feel like he's he's right about. Like, what I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask him to put my wife in the ad. That's that's weird, right? And I think the better point is that you don't want it this way. You know what I mean? Like, you don't just want to hand out. You want to get it on your own merit. Um, now, do you think there's any any kind of self service with that statement? Any kind of the, you know, keeping her, like she says, not wanting her to succeed type of thing. Keeping her as the homebody. Well, I don't know. The thing is, like, at the office, you know, like, she didn't ever want, she's always concerned that, like, you know, these jobs, these um, clients, these accounts she was put on, or, you know, she's always being favored because she was the boss's Mm -hmm. wife. And here she's basically being asked, yeah, now she has no problem with it. She's to be favored because she's the boss's wife. And I'm just like, really? Really? Yeah. And, you know, he, he uh, as he's done in, in many episodes, he takes a, a kind of a shot at 
you know, her and advertising. Yeah. Oh, I thought you hated advertising. And, uh, you know, and to be fair, she never said she hated it. She just said that, you know, this, uh, that's not what she it. loved. She loves this. Yeah, she you know. good at advertising. I got to say, I, I, it seems a bit odd that he's so bitter about her leaving. Well, I don't think so. I think that, you know, that kind of played into his perfect fantasy. You know, this, this uh, intelligent, bright, smart woman who is his, and he works with her, and he lives with her, and they're going to, you know, make this perfect kind of off into the sunset as this power advertising couple and that kind of uh, that, that vanished when she left i guess so but um either way they both kind of decide at the time that you know he's right um you know he can't just put her in it and and you know and you don't want it that way you want to do real artistic theater not a commercial so she and then this the scene takes another surprise yes indeed because we get the phone call, we're worried that it's Glenn or another heavy breather. Mouth breather, yeah. Mouth breather. And Don Don picks it up, can't answer it on his left side because of the tooth. Ugh. That painful. Gets uh, gets the phone, and we flash over to Roger on the phone mm-hmm. asking for Marie. Uh-oh. How does, oh, how does he know that she's there? Well, Don's been talking about something. it at work, yeah. yeah. And, of course, remember Marie and Roger's last encounter. Oh, at the ball. Let me bring this up. We got an email. I don't know if you saw this, John. It was just, I did see this one, okay. yes. Someone was <laughs> saying, how does Roger know Marie? Did I miss something? How could you have missed this? There was an well, episode. Well, they may have missed the episode. If they missed that episode week's episode. in which Marie and Roger got to know each other oh so very well. well. She got to know him, at least. And that was called the Codfish Ball. For any listeners that would like to go back yes. and just review. And I have to say, Marie does a, a really stellar job of getting uh, getting Megan out of the room. Mm-hmm. With just a, you know, a quick little... Oh, and the, well, the, the great joke of Regina. Did you get that? Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, who hasn't wondered what Regina is? Well, and in case you didn't know, it's the capital city of Saskatchewan. Oh, is that right? Yes. I just know it's in a Beastie Boys song. <laughs> all right okay and according to uh our our favorite canadian listener who says that uh, they say in canada that regina rhymes with fun hey oh that's not that's <laughs> not that true city slogan regina funina funina keep working on it you'll get there thank you so uh <laughs> so we we see them talking roger asks uh in a very as is his way charming manner if he would be willing to hang out it would be chaperoned, just dinner and conversation. They'll order room service, John. Yes, yes. And uh, and Roger's over at the Stanhope. Stanhope, apparently a, a very high and mighty hotel back in the day. Let's uh, just say it's no Pennsylvania hotel. Right, right, no Pennsylvania hotel. hotel. Pennsylvania or whatever. A little yeah. nicer. Yeah. Sadly, you can't stay there if you want to now. All made over to co-ops. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Moving and, on. Uh, and so she, she makes an effort. She said, I'll try and get over there. Just lower your expectations. She, she sees through his, his little charade. I can't lower my expectations below talking, John. Come on. And, uh, and, and we get out of there, and we see Don in the office and hallucinating again. 
That's true. I tell you what. Now being sick, and you can attest to this, right? Being sick can make you hallucinate. I had true. very true, John. I had horrible food poisoning one time, and I hallucinated that I could see through the walls in the hospital, <laughs> and I still believe I did. That's amazing. And so you know, Don's struggling. He's probably got a fever, a high white count, and uh, and he's seeing things, namely his dead half brother. We also see in this episode how many uh, more people are working in the office. There is a tremendous amount of staff. Be like it all of a sudden. Be it freelancers or um, or more actual staff, but yes, they are they're packed to the gills, John. They're going to yeah, need moving. that upstairs. That's right. They are going to need it. Uh, we then um, find ourselves in Don's office, um, where we uh, see Joan has received a check because John, there's checks coming in every day, but this one is a little different. It is the uh, life insurance uh, on uh, on Lane. To the office, and it was to the tune of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, one seventy-five. Okay, I was mistaken. <laughs> uh, d- uh, and, now we're and we actually to, okay. We got some details about this back in the Lady Lazarus episode when Pete was telling us about the office policy for life insurance uh-huh. that it actually covers suicide after a period of time, and that this policy pays the company, not the individual. Mm. And so. Uh, getting this check really should be no surprise. Well, I don't think everyone, not everyone in the office knows about those kind of things, but um, they are a little taken aback by it. And Don says, listen, um, Lane had to put in $50,000 of his own money to keep us afloat, so cut a check to his widow because, um, uh, you know, we should pay it back. And uh, Joan's just trying to figure out why uh, the life insur- why he would have life insurance paid back to the company and not to um, himself. Um, but that's it. Does no, seem no, a bit no, odd. What? No, no, she's not. She's wondering why he killed himself. No, no, no. I, I thought she was saying that she couldn't figure out why she, why he would have set this up. No, mm, no. I think you're wrong. Was, no, but no, no. She's saying why, why would I'm not going to back that? down from this. John. And then she says, no, "What I'm could have strong. I done?" Mm-hmm. And then she says, "Why no. didn't I give him what he wants, which was mm-hmm. to sleep with her?" No. She's wondering about the actual event. What I thought was, well, I will continue nobody, to talk over you the entire nobody time. Nobody says his name this whole episode. I thought that was kind of neat. Oh, I the didn't name, notice that. The name Lane isn't said. Well, John, no, it's a trying it's a trying time, and it's an unusual situation. But you know what? When it comes down to brass tacks, we're gonna send his widow fifty thousand. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Let's agree and, to uh, disagree. She she even says sends Don up to her dentist at the Chrysler Building. Apparently a great view, even if you can't get the tooth fixed. It's an incredible view, John. It's one of my favorites. That's where my dentist is at. And I, I guess uh, I guess it's really? also a popular place for dentists. There are several there. Oh yeah, I'm right in the spire. I'm near to the top. You can look right out over one of those um, one of those stainless steel gargoyles. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. But I'll tell you, you what, serious? if it's a sunny day, it will burn your retina, John. They are shiny. <laughs> so is there an eye doctor a floor down? I don't know, but I do know I can't see out of my left eye. Uh. <laughs> So now we're 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 out of there. We're done with that scene. We're gonna go to the apartment, and this is this is I thought pretty good scene. We see. Oh, we're pulling into let's feel bad for ourselves station. Everyone gathered their belongings. Right. right. (laughs) And uh, and it's it's noon. Megan is still asleep. Her mom is like, "Hey, come on, let's go." They're they're gonna go see the cloisters, which I believe you've been to. I have been to the cloisters, John. It is boring. In oh, beautiful, beautiful Fort Tyron, New York. It's far. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah. Take the A train all the way up there. And it's boring the entire time. 
<laughs> reassembled French abbeys, brick by brick. Amazing. Yeah, it seems like it would be cool, doesn't it? And yet, Megan doesn't want to go. Not because she doesn't care for cloisters and medieval art. No, no. She is down. She is depressed. She is sad. <laughs> and uh, mom comes in. Yeah. Marie. And, you know, is she? does she give her the big hug? Does she be like, stay with it, champ. You'll get it. It's not nope. going to be okay. Nope. She just, it's a very stern, stop it. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah. You have everything. Oh, yeah. You're chasing some phantom. You know, and, and uh, this upsets Megan, says you're supposed to be encouraging me, as her dad did, also back at the Codfish Ball. Remember, this is kind of what started this whole process, where he chastised her for giving up on her dream. Uh-huh, I remember. And so now we have the opposite side, uh, the mom saying, the world cannot support that many ballerinas. I agree with this, John. I'll tell you what, I, uh, I was on Megan's mom's side. I was too. What did she say about artistic temperament? Oh, well. Oh, she says that to Don. Yeah, that she has the artistic temperament, but not the talent. Right, right. Now, uh, it does seem as if uh, maybe she's laying some of this. Uh, now, isn't, isn't she a, fa- a failed ballerina herself? Great question. I don't know. I that believe one. she's some kind of. She made some sort of reference that her mother had failed. I don't know if it was in the ballerina field or some other sort of field. Um, but I think, uh, but you know, I, I think she's just laying her own experience on Megan and not being very. Uh, supportive uh, which is fine because john it is true uh, we currently do have an overabundance of ballerinas right now here in uh, new york city um i'll tell you what there's nothing worse than yeah, thr- I'm just tripping on them yeah, you're tripping on you throwing a dollar fifty at a ballerina sitting on the subway floor Jeez. it is depressing it is but there, i mean don't don't you see that for real with like a lot of the stage actors and actresses all of the the Broadway hopefuls. Yeah, oh, it is we, pathetic. We don't fraternize with those people. No, uh, just just when they bring us our food because they are all waiters. <laughs> uh, good uh, one. No, good one. Uh, we are uh, then uh, transported to Lane's old apartment, and we get to see her widow. What her widow? <laughs> it's a his widow, and uh, Don goes in, and I think he's really hoping to go in. And kind of take a little weight off his conscience a bit, conscience a bit um, by, of course, supplying her with the $50,000, which, as we know, in the late 60s money is literally $2 trillion, national debt type <laughs> stuff here we're talking now, about. Now, for those of you that, that think Paul has any idea what he's talking about, actually, our, our most recent Facebook post from one of our great listeners was the finance calculator. Oh. So that if we want to know that it wasn't $2 trillion, but, <laughs> you know, maybe something around a few hundred thousand. Uh, you um, can find that out. I believe that thing is a lie, and that I am correct. I have a, <laughs> I have a handy uh, inflation wall graph on my wall behind the computer here, and I'm up. I got one figure on 1967 and one figure on 50,000, and when I pull them together, yep, two trillion. <laughs> so, what did you think about this scene overall? As far as just, I mean, obviously she still looks distraught. Clearly, it looks like she's lost some weight, a little gaunt. Yeah. Um, they do a great job of just having the giant red lane chair between them. Yeah. You know, uh, the, so this is what you have to try to understand. Did Because it doesn't seem like Lane told her a lot, right? I don't know. We don't know. But it doesn't seem as if he, he like, do you, do you think he went home and complained about how he was underpaid, about how... Everybody else was getting rich. I, I don't know. I don't know. He's a stiff upper lift kind of guy, right? Keep, right. Keep calm and carry on. 
Yes. Um, so it seems that maybe her um, her hate might have been, or her obs- the the amount that she was upset at Don uh, could have been a little displaced. Now the part about um, her finding the uh, sexy picture in his wallet, um, you know that's that's whatever. But uh, the fact that she was so upset at Don, uh, I, I mean, we just we, we don't know what she knows. Well, first of all, I think we 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 know she doesn't know that Lane embezzled. Oh no no. Right, we know that. Number two, her husband just committed suicide. I mean, you're going to be looking for someone to blame for years. You're lashing out. You know, absolutely. Uh, you know, number three, she does know that Don was part of the party that took the Jaguar friends to the brothel. Oh, because that's right. That's right. Bubblegum, bubblegum in the pubes. Yes. yes. Thank How you much for... peanut butter does it take? Wow. To get... <laughs> Not that much. So, you know, I, I think she's coming at this from a lot of different angles. And then so with, with that in mind, then she finds the, uh, the, the attractive woman photograph who mm-hmm. she has never heard of or, or knows nothing about. Mm-hmm. And uh, she lays the line on Don, you know, how dare you fill a man like that full of ambition. That's not nice. Just like you said, he is the, he is the stiff upper lip guy. He's not the attractive guy. He's not the bright spot in the room guy. You I know? always so, liked him. And a lot of people, no, you didn't. I did. I always liked him. <laughs> you did not first, like him from the from beginning. From the first time I met him, I said, you oh, know what? Oh, my goodness. I like that guy. Please, I don't care what anybody who was interested, go back and listen to the earlier episodes where Paul lays into lane i don't think that um <laughs> so um so she you know she accuses him uh accuses don of taking lane to the different brothels and so forth and um you know and then says look you haven't helped anybody but yourself yeah and i think there's definitely an element of that right oh I mean, of course no he was he was going there hoping that she would thank him for the money and thank you know him for being so accommodating and so nice and so caring um but instead did she she totally lashes out at him, which, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, how much she knows. Maybe. I think she's just, I think she's just kind of, okay, well, there's this woman's picture in his wallet. He's been here. He's been there. I mean, it's just anything could happen in her head right now. You know what I mean? Like, well, and I think John's point about her knowing that they were all at the brothel together, yeah. that if nothing else, Don was a bad influence. Right. Right. And that makes well, that, sense. And she doesn't even know about the night. You know, Don took him out for the, uh, right. the hookers. Oh, that, that thing, or was it a New Year's or something? Yeah, that's true. While well, they mm-hmm. were back in the jolly old, mm-hmm. as it were. Uh, <laughs> sorry, and, but you know, and, and she ends it by saying, you know, don't leave here thinking you helped anybody but yourself, which is right. What what he was hoping to think that he helped somebody because I think how guilty he's feeling about both Lane and Adam. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, John, we then find ourselves back in uh, Pete's hometown. Where does he live again? Coscob. Coscob. That's literally 4,000 miles away from New York City. I don't know if you know that. That's why it's so important to catch the early train. It's a long train ride, my friend. Uh, He gets home, grabs a beer out of the fridge, uh, and Trudy shows him a picture of the pool that they're going to put in the backyard, and there's even an illustration of Pete that looks nothing like him. No, but at least it's an in-ground. Oh, thank God, right? Right? Because uh, how much fun can you have in an above-ground pool? Well, I don't want to answer that question, John. I'm... <laughs> anyway, uh, so she says, oh, it'll add, it'll add value to the property. Pete says it seems so permanent. Pete still wants to move back to the city, John. Of course. 
Um, now, I think, at, to be honest, uh, Trudy is probably in the right place. I mean, uh, uh, I think Trudy and Pete, along with almost everybody else, moved out of New York City at this time. Okay. So uh, moving back to the city would be a probably a probably a bad bet. But uh, what? Well, and you know, and he makes a comment that their their daughter Tammy could drown, which uh, which is true, but also fairly you know negative statement. Indeed, and uh, apparently that really upset the baby. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah, because the baby understood that. It's true. I tried this out this week. I was on the train. Uh, there was a there's a woman sitting next to me with her baby. I said you could drown at any minute, and the baby just lit up, <laughs> lit up, screaming and yelling. So, uh, folks, uh, lesson learned: don't tell babies they might drown. They don't like it. Moving on. Thank you. Okay, just I did a little Costcob research on the interweb just yeah. now. It's only 29 miles from Grand Central. It's not that far. It's like the very bottom of Connecticut. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what it, it's. It, but I mean, it, it feels come on. like it feels like four thousand miles. Really, it's about feelings, Kate. Uh, so Pete uh, opens his beer, sits down, hates his life. He's an idiot. Fair enough, folks. We then find ourselves at uh, in Roger's hotel room, and he has somehow coerced our little French friend to meet him there. <laughs> Marie. Marie has the met French him. Canadian. And I think that, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I don't really know what the crux of this scene is, but uh, Roger is looking for someone to do um, some more uh, acid with him. Um, he asks Marie to do that, and uh, she's, she laughs at him initially, and then kind of tells him, that, I'm not here to take care of you. Don't ask me to do that kind of stuff. And I feel like that, that really... For some reason, and I don't know why, that really throws Roger for a loop. Maybe for the fact that Marie is actually near his age, whereas everyone else that Roger has been um, betting uh, is like 27. Was this supposed to be a, a parallel along with uh, Pete? As far as, you know, having an idea about something that's just wrong? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and both Pete and Roger just want what they want. Uh, kind of in that almost little boy way. Well, they they're the ones that get to choose when there's a connection. Who does? These guys, right? Well, no, that's uh, that's what Pete lamented about a couple episodes ago was that the the women always get to choose. Right, but in fact, they're mad cuz they don't get to. Exactly. Right. I don't know. That was I tried I tried their job. No, I was really hoping that um his his ex-wife uh Mona is it? Yeah. Yeah. Would kind of come back into the picture. It, we, it was like a promising glimpse for like, what, one episode? And then she just kind of vanished again. I like think, one scene. I think she's, she knows that she's seen enough to know that she's seen too much. Oh. If you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah she won't done be that. coming back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. She's done her time, Kate. Although she also, and I don't know if all the, all the listeners know this, she loves acid. She loves it. <laughs> and would love to do, you know, with anybody but him. Uh, we then find ourselves back at the uh, the Draper apartment. And well, but but it's not oh, that she walks come out. Come on! on. <laughs> wait, wait, last episode. Come on! Okay. It's not that Marie walks out on him, right? I mean, she stays there. They they have a night together, but it's not going to be exactly what Roger thought. Exactly. He's not under full control. Can we now? Okay. Can we now find ourselves? Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead and hit the hit the gas. Let's go. We're at uh, the Draper residence. 
And uh, lo and behold, Megan is uh, sauced on the couch. John, uh, she, the, the pity party has continued. And I'll tell you what, it is a rager. <laughs> um, Don gets home. She's, ex- she's uh, excited to see him. And uh, she is feeling bad for herself. Um, he takes her into the bedroom. And Megan plays the whole drama card. Drama that, um, you know, all she's really good for mm-hmm. is just to be the good wife. You know, service him when he gets home. And, uh, and, and make some meals. <laughs> and uh, Don's like, listen, uh, you're drunk. She tries to kiss him. And, uh, of course, Don has to pull away because his mouth is probably just throbbing with uh, 60,000 different kinds of pain. And she's like, go to the dentist. You can't even kiss me. I think that, uh, that might have had a bit of an impact. But um, he, uh, he just kind of leaves her and tells her to sleep it off. And uh, I believe she has a little more cry-cry time. <laughs> uh, well, that's, I guess, uh, right, that's what she's concerned about, that, you know, that the fact that she's not getting any success is simply validating the fact that she's not talented in this realm. Yes, and I think we've all been through that, John, haven't we? Mm, no. Cried myself to sleep last night. Uh, when Don leaves the uh, bedroom, uh, runs into Marie and says, why did you leave her here? She's like, I've got friends in New York. She then uh, explains to Don, as we mentioned earlier in the show, that uh, Megan has the artist temperament but does not have the talent to back it up. When she gives him the advice that says, look, if you can get her through this disappointment, you'll have what you want. You will have the, you will have the uh, beautiful, happy wife that will welcome you home every night. And now, is, do you think Don, when Don hears this, he says, you know what? I've already had that. And that, exactly. did, that did not work out. Not at all. That did not work out. She hated me. And, you know, it's funny because uh, in, the la- in the, I don't know if it was the last episode or two episodes ago, where uh, Megan says that if, sh- if, if she isn't able to do this, you know, she'll kind of resent Don. And I think we talked about how that's exactly exactly what happened with Betty. Well, no, no. She's, she said that if she, you know, has to choose right. between Don and, you know, I guess, I guess he's giving her the, the facade that she is getting the opportunity and just not being successful. Are, are, at this point, are we just, like, painfully showing, like, the parallel between Megan and Betty? I guess not. That's the like whole are, point. That it's are not we a hitting parallel. ourselves over our head. No, but then I guess. Well, how it could parallel, I should say. Right. Yes. Did you have? Did you have something you wanted to add? I mean, Con- a, a contribution. <laughs> Ooh. Contribute. Oh, this is so stressful. Um. I. I don't think there. I mean. Are we saying that we see any sort of resemblance between Betty? Well, no, no, no. We're saying that Megan? we can kind of see we, we're we're at this crossroads, right? Right. Where we can kind of see if we go this way, it could end up. She could end up being uh, like Betty, and if we go this way, she could end up being happy. And 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 maybe at this point, when uh, Don talked to Marie, he's starting to understand that. Well, I think he's going to go the way of we're going to do this. She's going to be happy. I.e., she's gonna uh-huh. get this job and it'll be great. You know, Don's one of those guys who likes to, you know, have a little something on the side, as was foreshadowed to us. So he'll have that, like, sort of, you know. I gotta be honest, you lost me there. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, we are then we are then at the dentist 
finally, John, and I got to be honest with folks, we talked about how I have a dentist in the same building. This, this office looks exactly like the dentist's office I go to. Exactly. And actually, the guy, the guy also looks like my dentist. <laughs> His name is Tim, and he's really cool. Uh, <laughs> dentist Tim. Don um, uh, gets the gas. Uh, we, 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 no, okay. We find out that, uh, that uh, he's got an abscess, John. Uh, the dentist makes some comment to the effect that uh, you know you almost had a bad abscess, so maybe he didn't have a bad one. I don't. Know. He says he's lucky you didn't lose your jaw, so it does sound like it was infected. Do you think he was just being dramatic? The dentist? You think he overplayed that part? Well, the whole losing your jaw thing. No, I mean, no. If I had I mean, a nickel, for no, no, every... that happens. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because they. That... Okay. Wait, uh, really? That happens. People lose yeah. their jaw. Yeah. Do they have replacement jaws? No, oh, really? you look really weird without a jaw. Yeah, I can imagine so. And I mean, with a, doll, a jaw line like Don's, right? You're gonna oh, want you to hold on to that. I mean, I have a Paul it, Giamatti jaw line, so I could lose it. We'd be fine. Yeah, you wouldn't, couldn't tell. No. <laughs> but uh, but so the, you know, it puts the gas on, and the next thing that we see is once again, Adam. Uh, Adam's back. Hallucination number three. Mm-hmm. That means that that means that the character is going to talk. Anytime that you see a mm. phantom a third time, they're going to speak in threes. That's right. And so um, so he he makes some comments. Clearly, Don is you know hallucinating this. But uh, you know Adam makes a little turn. You get to see the giant rope, uh, rope creepy burn. rope burn across yeah. his jaw. And uh, you know he says that. You're in bad shape, Dick. Uh, I lost my job when I died. And, of course, you know, it's not your tooth that's rotten. Uh-oh. Oh. You know, so so maybe it's... Uh, I saw one, one source recommended as his conscious conscience. Uh, it could be his soul we're talking about. Hmm. Hmm. I don't and, know. Uh, it, and he says, you know, don't leave me. He's still feeling guilt that he, he's gone. And he goes, don't, don't worry. I'll hang around. Get it? ha, ha, ha. I right? got it. I get it. Worst pun ever. Or best. Um, and we see an enormous tooth that has just been pulled out. Oh, my God. That guy's got amazing teeth. I'll tell you That's what. I, I have teeth like that with crazy roots. Yep. I had a tooth extracted a couple years ago, John. Literally, the guy had to put his foot on my forehead to get leverage <laughs> to get this sucker out. Well, that, I mean, with the size of your forehead, that's probably a great opportunity for leverage. This is true, John. This is true. You get... If a, a foot just fits right there, Can you I don't just know. imagine these procedures though back back like oh back then. Uh, oh. I imagine it's a bit like it is today. There's oh. a lot of ripping and tearing. I wish I'd oh. been gassed. Listen, we're making people <laughs> queasy. Uh, we then find ourselves at a whole different kind of medical institution. That's right, folks. This is where you get electroshock therapy. We're at the hospital, and Pete comes to visit the love of his life, Beth, who at this point is in a gray cloud that we can't even control. John, there's been a a lot of speculation uh, among yourself about whether Beth was faking this or not. Where did you come down on that? Well, for, yeah, I think I, I have come down on the fact that, you know, with the fact that she's had this before, it does cause a lot of the memory loss, especially in the immediate term after the, th- the treatment. Yeah. Probably ju- a real thing. Just to give a little background, when Pete comes in, um, she is a cadet. She is a space cadet. She uh, acts as if she does not remember him in the least. Never even seen him, never met him, never heard of him. Never seen that part line before. Uh, well, here, here was the... I'll need your help with this scene. Please. So he's brought in by the nurse, 
saying, you know, hey, Beth, it's your brother. And he comes around the bed. The nurse says, oh, you're right. Your eyes look the same. Mm-hmm. Leaves. She goes, I don't even have a brother. So she now knows that he has lied to see her specifically. And then he realizes that she doesn't remember him and says, oh, wrong room. Yeah. Got to go see my friend. Yeah. And she's like, you know, and then she just kind of gets into the whole friend thing. It's like, wait a second. You know he just came to see you. Well, John, let's not forget. Your uh, your brain has been shocked. Right. So uh, you may be in a bit of a hazy cloud that really uh, doesn't really uh, work in a linear fashion. Well, so. but then she goes on to like the whole questioning with the friend stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Listen, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm getting really tired of these Pete Campbell like uh, metaphor stories. Okay. Is anybody else just sick and tired of Pete talking do, in metaphor? Do you have another one? Yeah, the whole steak, cook it for me, baby. That Dang was it. years ago. Yeah, that's, you know what? That's I was two. just recovering from that. I was just <laughs> recovering from that. I am so tired of these long spe- Pete speeches. They make. I, can I just say something? Please. I think she was putting this up. Oh, oh, Kate's coming down on the side of her faking it. I do. What? Why? Why? Because then she gets to end it forever. Yeah. And it's easier. I mean, she. She kind of went into this whole thing saying, you know, this is like the one-time thing and that'll be over and then I'll forget you forever. Yeah. And, you know, she's... Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to leave him kind of lady. Well, clearly. Clearly so. Um, either way, I, you know, I don't know. Was this just a way to wrap this up? I don't... Just wrap this little storyline up with Pete. Well, and the story he tells about how, you know, how unhappy he is, how he feels that, you know, everything in his life is wrong and it's a temporary band-aid on a permanent wound like what in the world is that permanent wound yeah I, I do not feel bad for pete and i never feel bad for pete. i think i saw some listener emails where they where they where they say they feel bad for pete i could not feel less bad for pete no i, I just i feel he's just a sad character no he's just someone who self-inflicts all this imaginary mental strife it's ridiculous it's yeah you know actor- you know you're been able to get any other jobs because I have not seen Vincent Kartheiser in anything else. Yeah, he did. He had one with Justin Timberlake. They brought sexy back together. Oh. Come on. Come on. High five. Oh. High five. And then he cried a river. Yeah. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Low five. Low, Low five. five. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah. That was, that was, that was uh, enough is enough with Pete. Um, we then see Don after getting uh, the largest tooth on the planet ripped out of his face. Um, into the movie theater and lo and behold who is there but peggy john i just want to i want to stop you real quick because i know you're about to jump in but one of our brilliant brilliant listeners wrote in and i think this is great they mentioned how if you look at this scene when peggy when when the camera pans and she comes into frame she is sitting like don is sitting in the opening sequence Meaning, she's sitting there with her arm over the other chair with a cigarette in her hand. Amazing. It is, and that's that's where she has gone. Details she's come a like long that. way, baby. Now, do you think, like, are those details... Like, do you think Matt is like, okay, here's what I want to happen. You, I, want you to, I want you to be posed like that. That's actually one of the things that, uh, that I think they were... I was reading an article about that there, or no, I was reading with Lane. They, they interviewed the, artist, the actor that played Lane. Uh-huh. And, and there is nothing that is unscripted. There is, there is no ad-libbing. I mean, everything is marked out. You do not go off script. 
Like it is Well, but but that's the thing. Like script is one thing, but to right. do like like to have positioning like that. That yeah, just no, I think like that's, whole other... that's intentional. Absolutely. I mean, it's incredible to me. It blows my mind because there's just so much going on all the time. To have all of that beat by beat figured out just seems impossible. This, but they this do is it. What he does, my friend, he's very good at it. Uh, very, very well done. Very well done. Um, but yeah, so uh, Peggy's there uh, and they meet up. And, you know, it's a little tough at first. But I think uh, you know over overall, Don is certainly uh, proud of her. Uh, he does mention that he just wishes, you know, yes, she's gone on to bigger and better things. He just always thought it would be with him. And she says, "Well, keep me in your address book." So the door is certainly not closed on uh, Don and Peggy working together. Certainly not. Absolutely, she tells him about the uh, the cigarette ad, how she's going to go on a plane. First oh. time ever. Like this has come up many times, and uh, and she's excited. Except she has to go with Frank Leeson, and you know it's Virginia, not Paris. Yeah, there's a difference there, folks. <laughs> I don't know if you know. And you know, and Don makes a great uh, statement that I think is applicable to what's going to happen here with Megan in a minute. He's like, you know, that's what happens when you help somebody. They do well and they move on. Oh, very good, John. I like that. Well done. Well and done. And so I think that's a big concern for him. If uh, you know he's seen this now with Peggy, if he helps Megan, then no, she just may move I on. I took that the other way. I took that if he helps her, she can move on out of this cloud that she's 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 under. Like she can move no. on with her life. Oh no! Not necessarily no. without him. No. Yeah. No. You're wrong on that one. <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think that you're gonna be. Oh, man. The listeners. Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. It is really tough being on uh, being in the Brooklyn studio. Uh, You're told you're wrong a lot. Uh, It's tough. It's tough. But you know what? I'm here for you. I'm not going to go away. I'm going to keep being nasally. I'm going to come at you louder (laughs) than need need be. It's going to be amazing. Uh, When you when we get to the next scene, probably the world's best scene ever made. Um, We are on the train. Back, uh, you know, traveling our 4,000 miles back to Cos Cobb. And who sits down across from Pete, pats him on the shoulder, wakes him up? Well, it's Beth's husband. And he yes. says, hey, let's get off at the next stop, Pito, and uh, head back into the city and get in some trouble. Well, Pete is not into this. Not one bit. He says, how could you do this? How can you be like that? You're the worst person ever. You put her in the hospital, and then you want to go out and get in trouble with People other ladies. Glass houses, though. Indeed, I'm indeed. Um, Pot and kettle. All of a sudden, he figures out that Pete has been sleeping with his wife. His I just find I find it amazing that Pete is berating this man. You know, how could you do this? You're a terrible person. You're a miserable human being. And Pete just spent the afternoon cheating on his wife, who's taking care of their daughter at home. Well, John, the thing is, is that he's in love with Beth, and love conquers all. Am I right? But she's not in love with him. That's not a, you know, a mutual love thing. Are you saying one-sided love doesn't conquer all? (laughs) Uh, I think I I, I read it best, uh, where somebody (laughs) says that uh, love is a lot like a fart. (laughs) 
If you have to force it, it's probably shit. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, where did wow. that where did that come from? <laughs> Tell me you just made that up. Did you? Just I wish. That? I, I wish I could take credit for making that. No, that was on. Uh, that was on one of our many uh, funny, funny uh, people that I follow on the not not the Tumblr, the Instagram. Oh really? Oh, wow. Yes. By the way, that was that was that, a, that was that was. A, Diamond in the rough, my friend. Effing brilliant. Wow. Effing brilliant. Well done and couldn't be more applicable. But John, not to get off track here, um, once Beth's husband finds out or figures out that Pete has been um, uh, mowing his lawn, as it were. Oh. Sorry. Uh, he, he immediately gets into a bit of a scuffle. And, of course, uh, Pete does not get the upper hand. He is no, take- actually, Pete starts the scuffle. Pete's the one to get physical. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, but, uh, of course, Pete ends up on the floor uh, um, um, in the uh, vulnerable situation and gets a good old socket in the face. The, uh, the guys who run the Metro North, I got it. Still today, they are sharp as tacks. And they break up a fight like nothing I've ever seen. And uh, they, tell, uh, they tell Beth's husband to cool it. And uh, go to a different car, and he said, listen, all my stuff's in the bar car. And they said, well, we should have guessed. And then he tells Pete that, you know, sit down, cool down in 20 minutes, go down there and apologize to him. And Pete does not take this well, John. No, no, he kind of loses it. You know, he says, oh, it's, your, it's your train. You know what? We pay you. He worked for us and, and gives him a, I guess you could say some attitude. Mm-hmm. And, uh... And, and Pete calls him a fat piece of crap. Not cool. And then says that he's president of the Howdy Doody Circus Army. Now that <laughs> I did not see coming, and I would have thought he could have come up with something better. Yep. And uh, and he gives the officer a shove in the chest, and then he gets punched in the face. My good God, this has not been Pete's season. Pete's <laughs> no. face. Pete's face has I really been through a, it. I want to see a mashup. Of all the times he's gotten his face beaten, oh, you know, ever I, that would be the best motion uh, gif ever, yeah, gif ever. That would be Just great. the different punches in the face. I might put that together to a really great song like "Manic Monday." <laughs> okay, um, Pete. Then now they kick him off at Harrison. Yeah. Now is that is that just halfway? I do not ride the Metro North, John. All right. There is no way to tell. I know we have a few listeners that do. Uh, so if you want to write in with that, uh, John will read it. Uh, when Pete gets home, uh, Trudy asks if he's crashed the car again. Now, John sharply came up with the uh, reasoning that uh, last time he was socked in the face, he probably made up this excuse when he came home. And now that he's been socked in the face twice again, um, it does seem natural that he would have gotten in another car kerfuffle. Um, as he is a horrible driver, because he's still learning, John. Uh, it comes with practice. The uh, golden nugget of this scene is that Trudy decides, hey, I can't have you getting hurt coming home all the time. I'm worried to death. First thing tomorrow, Pete, we're going to get you an apartment in the city. Now, I'm not sure. The look on Pete's face is not like a relief that, oh, my God, I'm finally going to get an apartment in the city. He almost seems more distressed or maybe guilty or just just feels awful. Well, he's he's miserable. 
He feel, he's made it in his mind that this is not where he wants to be. And yet he, he knows that he can't do what he wants to do in his fantasy world because he saw how miserable it went with Beth and he just got, you know, his, his head kicked in twice. Mm-hmm. You know, once by the Metro officer. You know what he could do? Yeah. He could hang himself. Aww. No. No, he couldn't? Too soon. Too, oh, this is true. This is true. Let, let the ground cool. As it were, uh, we get to a scene where uh, Don, uh, who was given Megan's reel by Megan, is taking a look at it and he's watching her. And um, I think there's a bit, there's a bit of uh, of uh, like a genuine appreciation uh, in his mind uh, for Megan. I mean, she she looks stunning in this reel. It was very pretty, and um, actually, I think this, this was made when they. The day that uh, Sally went to the museum. Oh, you remember right. that dress yeah. with the, the circle cut out. Exactly. The viewfinder. Right. Um, I think that, you know, he, he's, he, he wants her to succeed. He, 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 he really loves her. He wants her to succeed and he wants her to be happy. And I think this is just kind of him coming to terms with that as he watches this, um, this reel and, uh, and thinking about, you know, how, how he could help and that he could help. And some people have pointed out, and this kind of harkens back to what I said earlier, that he's looking at it, he has an appreciation for her talent, how how attractive she is, her screen presence. He has a big smile for a moment. And then, as Don Draper, John Hamm can do, fantastic acting with the face, the smile falls off. And this goes back to what I was telling you. If If he helps her be successful, she's going to move on. I, I, uh, I know, I know, and I know, folks, I know what you're thinking in your headphones right now. Paul is always wrong, and you're right. Nobody's, nobody's I thinking am. that. I am always wrong, and that's fair. That's fair. But I just don't think that's true. I don't okay. think Megan's going to move on. She hasn't, she loves Don. There uh, isn't Kate? anything to... Um, I'm a little worried that after this whole... Her dressed up as the shoe fairy or the whatever. <laughs> I think it was the um, shoe fairy, yeah. <laughs> that her career will, will take off somewhat and then just kind of kind of drift apart and then that'll be over and done with. And then maybe she'll find out that he's cheating, but she won't even care by then because, I don't know, maybe she's just over it. I don't know. She's, you know, she's like living her dream that she wanted to. Are you writing the next season right now? <laughs> I was writing it a little in my head when I was watching the season finale. <laughs> That's just kind of what I saw. I don't think so. Going because forward. I think Don is Don has always been attracted to uh, powerful, strong-minded, um, uh, competent women. And this is just going to make her more so like that. And so I, I just, I'm sorry, but I don't think... You know okay, what? I'm well, not sorry. I hope you're right. I I'm do. not sorry. I, I think right. I think it's, a good, it's still a good match. Um, now, John... Uh, we move on to a scene that I find altogether uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, two-staged. We are uh, upstairs in the parachute factory company place office, and um, all the all the partners are there. And uh, Joan puts an X on the floor where the staircase is going to be, and then we get obligatory an obligatory shot of uh, everyone who is you know still a partner, kind of lined up. In front of the windows. But, and uh, Pete makes a con- comment. I'm going to have the same view as you, Don. 
Good for and this, you. this actually also goes back to uh, episode one, uh, where Don says, you know, you will have my office someday. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. though he is, again, the lonely, unhappy, miserable man that nobody likes. Yes, yes, he brings so nothing good in the world. what will happen with the price on their, on their name? Will it still be Sterling Cooper Draper Price? Or will it be Sterling Cooper Draper? Draper Campbell, probably. Campbell? Yeah. I don't know. But that's that would true. Be my They're guess. expanding. I guess that's a good time to rebrand. Yeah, that's a, well, yeah, good time to change things up. Um, we then jump over to, and I gotta say this, this. So you know, this is the last three minutes of the episode. You could really feel it kind of ending here. And it mm-hmm. just felt really. It kind of felt really strange. I don't know why, but um, the kind of the last big scene is um, Megan got the um, got the commercial for what was the shoe company's name, John? Butler. Butler shoes, and um, I mean she's very happy. Um, she looks like the best little shoe fairy in the world. Although I think it's like a Sleeping Beauty kind of thing. Like a shoe wench or something with those uh, sleeves. It's huh? actually a Beauty and the a Beast. A Beauty and the Beast. Yes, oh, it was right. a Beauty and the Beast thing. I believe she beats the Beast to death with her shoe. Oh. That's how she escapes. Anyway, uh, she's, uh, she's very excited. They're definitely having a, a loving moment. And I mean, and it, it does seem as if uh, potentially she did get the uh, job with at least some of her own merit. Um, because um, I don't know if it was one of the Butler shoe representatives or whatnot says you know there's our there's our princess or there's our beautiful lady there's our beauty yeah. yeah there's our beauty so uh, she is getting ready to film this commercial um, and Don kind of walks off scene and for some reason I really love this shot like it almost kind of transcends um, uh, like the television right because because uh, you, you know he's walking through the cameras. And it's like he's coming out of the show a little bit. I don't, he's I don't know why. Walking from like set to set is basically what it looks like. But it kind of felt like he was coming out, like you know, like Don Draper was coming out of the dark shadows. No, stop, stop, <laughs> stop it! You're killing me here, Kate. Uh, you're killing me, Smalls. Uh, <laughs> like he was coming out of Mad Men for a second. I don't know. It was, it was just kind of weird. I thought it was kind of an interesting shot. Um, and he, he he walks from that set and kind of magically walks into this bar. And what'd you what'd you think of the music? Uh, now, if I'm not mistaken, what, oh, I love this. What, what, now, was this a this was a James Bond song? Yeah, for, uh, you only live twice. You only live twice. Uh, from the film of the same name. Uh, right, which apparently everyone really jumped on. A lot of our listeners wrote in about that. Um, but uh, we see Don sitting at the bar, uh, lighting up a cigarette. Uh, we see. Uh, uh, Peggy on her business trip. Um, apparently, um, in that part of the country, it is common for uh, uh, dogs to hump in the parking lot. Um, I believe that's a side effect of, uh, of secondhand smoke, John. I don't, I don't know if you're aware of that as a physician. But it was, it was a great juxtaposition of Don, who has just you know, walked away from his adoring wife, who no, is no longer adoring, mm-hmm. because she is now focused on her career oh come on that's a stretch and we're seeing peggy who is utterly happy she had just got off of her first wait how is don flight. not happy don's happy don's not happy yes, don is, is alone he's alone is he he's smiling not alone. no don's it, getting fidgety every day i go to work and kate goes to work and i think i'm alone that's insane don does not think he's alone this is the 60s paul yeah. No, I disagree. Let's re- anyway, no, well, let's focus on Peggy for a second. Peggy is in a good place. She's doing exactly what she wants. She's got the job she wants. 
She's got I would travel. disagree. Peggy, Peggy is not. No, no, no. She's not in a good place. She's in a place where there's dogs humping in the parking lot, John. That is not well, no, Paris. It's not, but it's not glamorous. She's not in a glamorous place, but she's in a good place. I'd say she's just. In I a think no. she's happy. She's in an okay. No, she's definitely. I mean, she certainly has a smile on her face. She's excited. She feels like she's progressing, but she's not in. She's not in. The, she's not living the dream. Oh, I don't know. I think this is the dream. Holiday Inn. Are dogs wow. humping in the parking lot a, the dream? I think that's just sort of a, oh, I wish I had somebody kind of reference. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Those two dogs can have sex. You know what I mean? Too bad I'm alone Even in here. Even these dogs in the parking lot are... <laughs> doing it. Doing it. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Fine. Uh, Pete is uh, alone listening to music. Roger is uh, tripping again. Naked. Uh, that's where the um, the quick uh, warning at the front of the show is. Uh, you will see Roger's ass. Or at Rory's side boob. Side. There was some. There was some significant yeah. side boob. And then we get back to Don, who is sitting at the bar, and where lovely ladies come, and ask if he's alone. And we do not see what Don says. And I think it's a fool. Who thinks that Don is going to just all of a sudden, because Megan got a job, go back to his old ways. Call me a fool. Do you think so, really? I do. Oh, my God. John, I know you're on that train. I, I, I just thought it ended fantastically. I think that's the whole idea, is to get you thinking, okay, is he going to revert to his... Well, you know, I was thinking about this today. Philandering. I thought... One of the things, because, you know, a lot of people, and folks, that's the end of the show. We finish it up. But a lot, you know, there's been a lot of people talking about how, uh, you know, uh, you know, they didn't like this, this, the finale. It wasn't a finale enough kind of finale, finale, finale. And uh, I think one of the things that they did in this season that was incredibly difficult, right, is kind of move the whole show forward, right? They had to change um, what kind of made they had to move forward what made Mad Men so popular, right? It was the womanizing, drinking, kind of man's man who never gets in trouble, Don, right? And they've done this incredible, I think they did an incredible job this season of um, kind of moving, moving Don's character kind of out of that and forward and into a different space while continuing to making the show interesting. Because they kind of had this bread and butter in this crazy Don lifestyle, which, um, which they had to move on from. They couldn't just keep doing seasons of that. Um, but they, so they I think just, it's a fool who thinks that they're just going to revert back to that. But they didn't just move on for the sake of moving on. They had a story. You know, he's got this new bride who had a certain role in his life. And that role has changed. So that, that could easily lead to him changing. But do you really just want to rewind uh, back to season one now? Or season two? I'm going to give the creators a little more credit than that as far as replaying it. But that doesn't mean you can't incorporate some of that looseness or whatever you want to call it into the storyline. I don't think think it's wrong to say that, you know, obviously uh, Don may have temptation. That's part of life, potentially. But... I think that to think that the old Don is back, which I've seen all over our 
tweets, all over our emails, all over the Intertron. And I actually saw a guy get a tattooed on his forehead uh, this afternoon. I just think that's ridiculous. Things have got to move forward. We can't, we're, not, we're not just going to rewind in the next season and have uh, Don kind of philandering a little bit. Then what was this all about then? I think this was all about saying uh, uh, j- just what John said. Just to try to just to try to get you back in that mindset, like mm. you know, but I, but I you don't, don't think anything I will still, actually come of it. I still don't understand why. Okay, so the reason Don philandered before, right, was because um, uh, Betty was pretty much altogether worthless. Now he's got a wife that that is is, is strong minded, has a career, gives a shit about life, it, it, you know, it, is someone trying to go places, and so he would do the same things. It's a completely different place. Uh, do you think it has anything to do with the whole family side of it? Do you think he wants kids with her? He's already got kids. I think he's done that. Yeah, but he's got kids that he sees every two weeks. Hey. I don't think Don wants more kids. Yeah, okay. exactly. Hey, I don't even have kids, and I don't want to see them every two weeks. You know what I'm saying? I think, right. I th- I th- I think he's good. So you don't think that's part of it? No, not at all. I think this was purely just kind of a plant. To make us all look like fools. And that's why it'll be fascinating to see what happens next. I will be there, John. And I hope you are, too. Because I'll tell you what. We have the best podcast on the podcast catalog (laughs) machine in the sky. I'm pretty sure this all comes out of a cloud somewhere. Um, But yes, John. Now, the show's over. Do we want to do a little mailbag? Or do you want to save everything for a mailbag show in a week or two? No, I think I think it would be fair to just pick a couple of these at random. Again, another fantastic. Just it's it's been really overwhelming in a great way. Uh, this kind of um, the, this kind of interaction. I think we got again over thirty emails uh, about the finale here. So I'm just going to pick a lot up. of great people, John. I'll tell you what. I've undone my bow tie from my tux. It's hanging. Uh, it's hanging uh, uh, Rat Pack style. Uh, yep, as have I. Yes. I, what? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Kate's lady tux. Uh, is, well, I is, took my top hat off. You, I, I had a oh, top you did hat. have a top hat, and, and you, Kane is leaning hat. against the wall. John, I'm going to open the mailbag. All right, uh, we'll we'll start with one from Emily. Emily from Ann Arbor writes in uh, the, the last season, the last episode of season five had a lot of parallels and contrasts with the last episode of season four. Remember, Megan met and seemed friendly in L.A. with her actress friend, whom she later claimed she did not like. In the last episode of season four, she uh, talks with her actress friend Emily, seems friendly, and then backstabs. Megan uh, says, I don't even want to be an actress in Tomorrowland on the balcony and has turned it turned into putting being an actress before her marriage. Oh, uh, Megan talked with her mom on the phone about her engagement and it looked like a close, loving relationship. And here we see that Megan and her mom don't exactly have the most supportive relationship. Uh, Don was full of love and hope in Tomorrowland and Phantom. Don is bur- burdened with a demanding wife who, to whom he capitulates after her manipulation. Don, se- Don seemed involved with his role as dad in Tomorrowland and in the Phantom. The kids don't appear. And Topaz appears as an advertising account in both episodes with a happier story at the end of se- season four than here. So she really sees this as, you know, a season that has seen... Um, Maybe not the best transpiring uh, things for Megan and Don. 
Well, folks, um, the honeymoon has to end at some point. Am I right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, I think that uh, you know at this point, uh, Megan and Don are starting to grow together and figuring out how they're going to handle things. I mean, they've um, only been married what? Not even a. A year, maybe. Maybe not even a year. Um, I still I, I disagree with this whole idea that everything has to fall apart all the time. All right. Well, we'll agree to disagree for the moment. Okay. And then come season six, I'll be wrong. You can be wrong. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, our friend Sarah, Sarah writes in, Hey, Dr. John, Paul, another season is over. I will be suffering major withdrawal without Don and Roger. Hopefully not another long wait. My thoughts on the finale? It was anticlimactic, but after two or three weeks of plot-driven episodes, it was a nice soft landing. It was nice to see Peggy. I think it indicates that we will continue to see her journey at uh-huh. the other company. Uh, they may use her to show comparisons or similarities. Seems her company got the cigarette company that... Sterling Cooper Draper Price was after. Well, we know they weren't after. They, you know, were not taking cigarettes anymore. That was mm-hmm. kind of their. It was their easy money. That was the easy money. Channel. That was easy money. Yeah. Um, and uh, in which he very subtly mentioned uh, to Don, the silhouette of the Partners Against the Manhattan Skyline was great. The big empty space to be filled next year with new office furniture. I didn't like it. I thought it was personnel. Uh, I'm glad they didn't just ignore Lane's passing, but I wish Don had been more generous with the insurance money. After all. He knows that it was the money that took him over the top. Based on Joan's comment, it's obvious that Don has not shared his firing of Lane, another secret and more guilt. Well, let's be clear, he didn't fire Lane. Uh, Exactly. He demanded his resignation. He gave him the option to resign, Mm -hmm. um, which which gave him, I think, a little bit more of uh, an honorable way out. And I'm sure we'll see the sexy beast Don next season. He will give Megan what she wants, but at what price? Look forward to your thoughts. Uh, you got him. I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You got, I thought you would fight more for your oh, side. John, it's, this has almost been a two-hour show. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last one. Mike from Oklahoma in, uh, writes in, Hey, guys, just wanted to say how much I enjoyed the season finale of The Phantom. While on the surface it seemed ho-hum, for a finale, the end question to Don, are you alone, made it a perfect setup for season six and had me wanting more. Really, though, now I think about it, this episode seemed more like a preview for next season rather than a climax. Yes. That honor should probably have been given to the commission and fees. Mm-hmm. By the way, a uh, an interesting historical note that Dentist Joan mentions uh, in the Chrysler building was for real. It is still in business today. That's where right, I go. Yeah, is where Paul goes. Yep. Keep up the great work, guys. Stay cray. See you next season. <laughs> oh, oh, we'll say cray. That's not a problem. Uh, sounds good, man. I don't and, know. Well, you know, I think that, um, again, well, we're going to shoot for a, a mailbag episode or two here in the, the next coming month. We'll probably take a week off. Oh, and, uh, I have to. After this show, are you kidding me? <laughs> I, need, I need three weeks off. Uh, but, folks, but, uh, that doesn't mean that you have to stop communicating with us. Oh, no, not by any... Stretch of the imagination. You can still get your emails in with your comments. Um, you can tell John what you think or what you'd like him to say on the next episode where we do that mailbag show. Um, how are you going to get that to us? Well, let me tell you. It's staff at madmenrecap.com. You just eat, put that in your email machine. Write your idea down and Can I send. request something sure. from listeners? We, we haven't had that much art, listener art. Oh, we had, it's been a dry season for still art. It's a bit dry. I mean, we, we did just got, we we just just got, got one today. today. Yeah. We did get a great piece today. But 
with well if you haven't seen it folks it's uh pete campbell wearing a howdy doody hat and it is hilarious oh, it is hilarious okay um but you're right we've, we've anyway. been a little dry we've we had a great douche we only had one um douche magazine cover but it was amazing uh, so, uh, yes, folks, if you are artistically inclined or if you're not artistically inclined and you it just doesn't matter. draw something on a napkin. You know how to use the Photoshop's or the... Or you don't. Or a scissor and a Or maybe so, and and an airbrush, camera, some maybe? airbrush, whatever. <laughs> what well, doesn't matter if you have a cotton machine. Uh, the thing is, though, uh, we, we absolutely love that. Apparently, Kate loves it the most. Uh, there again, you can send out the staff at madmenrecap.com. We'll post it on the website, but you can also... Put it to our Facebook fan page. That's right, folks. On Facebook, you can find us at Mad Men Recap. They're on the Facebooks. There is so much participation. So many of your fellow recappers, they're ready and waiting to hear what you have to say, your ideas, thoughts, dreams, stuff like that. Folks, and I really we- wanted to thank everybody for uh, some great participation on the Facebook. We've had really a lot of fun links. So yeah. if you have a moment, feel free to click on the See All from the other uh, posts. There are some great stories in there, including the top uh, 15 pieces of artwork, not from us, but in general, according to another site uh, for Mad Men. Uh, some great stories, some great articles, uh, and the inflation calculator, so nobody has to believe when Paul says something is $2.4 million. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I had that right, though. Uh, folks, uh, I am dry docking the Twitter. Uh, maybe every now and then <laughs> I'll... Uh, I'll put out a tweet, but uh, for the most part, we only we only live tweet the shows and when we release new episodes. So, um, sadly, we're uh, we're but out of shows mean to live tweet. You can have dialogue amongst yourselves. Well, that's what Facebook's is for. Uh, well, that's it's, kind of what the Twitter is for. Babe, you know what? I'm not even clear on what social really media know. is I for. I don't know what the Twitter is. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, and there there have been some great uh, great commentary on the website as well. Oh my goodness, folks! I'll tell you what right now. If you want to see me literally unload like a monster on somebody, visit June 6th post and look at the comments. Now, I had some great people helping me out because we had a real harpy shrew uh, comment on the last uh, episode. And uh, Patty S., you're my girl. And John from Cincinnati, we're bros. Thanks for getting on her right away. And Natalie, um, you're an awful human being. Let's just let's just leave it there. Let's just leave it there. Uh, but yes, you can always list. comment. And, and folks, if 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 you want to start shit with me, the website. Or me, start some shit with me. No, Kate no. doesn't. Kate, you don't pay attention to any of this. I, well, that's what's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, that's that's what the website is for. John, this yeah. has been an amazing episode. We are ten minutes out of season. two hours. Um, I'll tell you what, Kate and I have a bottle of champagne ready to pop right here. Pop. Glug, 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 just poured it in a glass. And uh, it, it, it really has been a, a great time. And we want to thank everybody who has stuck with us and uh, written into the show and participated. It'd be so great. Uh, we really enjoyed, as you know, John and I are just two dudes and gated lady, lady dude. She's a lady dude. What? Um, and we just do this anymore. for fun. And so we really appreciate everyone that's rallied around and kind of built a community out of it because it's been really fun. We're not professionals. We're just we're just some folks who enjoy talking and sharing uh, our thoughts and ideas with you. So thanks so much. And we love hearing their thoughts and ideas on the iTunes as well. Oh, that's right. That that's, that is a fun time. All right, folks. Well, uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks, John. Um, Good show. I guess we won't be talking again. I mean, until well after mailbag, it'll be until next season. And hopefully, that's not another year and a half. Well, uh, I'd like to give you an internet hug right now. 
Did you get Big it? Hug. Did you get Got it? it? Yeah? It's a little All sweaty. Right. It's really hot here. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll, t- we'll talk to you later, buddy. Bye. Uh, good night. Bye-bye. Bye.